Evening, Anna. Good evening, Sarah. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing good. Can't complain. Me neither. I'm doing good, too. Good. Awesome. Yeah. Did you so, have a good supper? We did. We did. We um, we were going to make ribs tonight, but it we're getting ready for a an event here in a couple weeks, so it's kind of crazy here right now, so we didn't get home like we wanted to. We were going to do ribs, but um, we decided to grab something to eat, so I ordered some food from Texas Roadhouse, and so Ooh. Daniel picked it up on the way home. That sounds mighty good. <laughs> it was. We ate it and got all that done. So tonight I don't have to come to the meeting and say, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> good. That's good. We had taco salad. Antonia actually cooked the meat and everything else was pretty easy because we just layered on chips with lettuce and tomatoes mm. and onions and all that good stuff. And we had guacamole and salsa and it was divine. That actually sounds really good. It was. Yeah. Can you hear my neighbors? They're running some kind of saw or something. Can you hear that on here? I cannot. And you can probably hear Autumn because she's over here clinking on her bowl trying to get food out of it. Okay. Well, I just want to make sure it's not distracting them. I'm going to order a mic and some earphones hopefully this month or next month. So we can take this up to, an, uh, to the next notch, you know, and knock out some of the outside noises. I just haven't yeah. had time to do it yet, but um, they're working in their garage or something. And so I can hear the song buzzing behind me. And I thought, hmm, I hope they can't hear that on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I actually cannot. So that's probably a good thing. Yeah, we shut the back door. I've been keeping the door open in the evenings for a few minutes because it's so pretty outside right now. It's getting about in the 40s at night, late at night, but around... Right sunset it's like 60 to 65 so I just like to have the fresh air in the house yes and, uh, absolutely after being inside all day long it's kind of nice to have a little bit of fresh air but tonight the mm -hmm. trains have been going by so I shut the door so we hopefully wouldn't hear all the train whistles either <laughs> <laughs> well it is we can just say for real we are raw and real and unfiltered <laughs> right <laughs> all of our background noises so <laughs> gotta go to the next step of getting this set up like a podcast studio <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well tonight Amy, i thought we could do something not so intense but just as important as anything else we've talked about I thought we would talk about um, gratitude and thankfulness since November is kind of the month of Thanksgiving, you know, with Thanksgiving holiday coming up. And right. I know so many people uh, tend to make everything so commercialized and whatever, but Thanksgiving is actually my favorite holiday of the whole year. I love Christmas too, mm -hmm. but Thanksgiving is really my number one holiday that I love out of the year because I think it just makes me a little more conscientious about being thankful and grateful. And so I think I tend to be more aware of it, you know, with the holiday coming up. And I thought that would be something fun for us to kind of tackle tonight. We don't have to get too intense, although, you know, you and I always seem to somehow step into the intensity because <laughs> right? we so passionately in what we talk about. So. There's so probably a little bit of intensity, but hopefully we can just kind of keep it good and fun, but at the same time important, because I think it really is an important thing that we all need to practice every day. Yeah, I agree. I do too. I'm, I'm with you. I love Thanksgiving. Probably my favorite holidays of the year would be um, Thanksgiving. And then I love Independence Day because I'm very patriotic and I love my country. Yes. And I just like blowing stuff up, quite frankly. I mean, that's <laughs> like the one time a year it's legal. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's a little bit of the wild side peeking out yeah. there. Um, <laughs> but I do probably at the very top of my list is Thanksgiving. I like, I just like everything about it. I yes. like the fall colors. I like to decorate my house for fall because it feels warm and welcoming and, and it's, it's my color palette. <laughs> yes, me too. I, I like the warm the oranges and, and browns and the sage greens and the olive yeah. greens and 
the golds and the bronze. I just, that's just right up my alley. Um, I like that color palette and you see a lot of that through my house anyways. And I've been into, actually, I started a couple of years ago because I have a lot of teal in my house. So I've been kind of leaving my teal in with that color palette. And it's kind of fun because it gives it a pop of blue. Mm-hmm. And, I you know, and so I've been kind of integrating that more into my fall decor each year, but I did, I went a little different with it this year. I usually do um, my orange really dressy. Um, they're called pashminas. They're the yeah. scarves from like Israel and Vietnam and stuff. And I usually put them over my piano or my fireplace. But this year I wanted to do a little bit lighter colors uh, scheme. So I did uh, some vintage linens that have the whites and the pinks and the greens and the oranges and browns in them um, on my piano and my fireplace. And then I, I did a more of a kind of a burlap table runner on my table with the bronze uh, pumpkins. But I did, I did a a little bit of the farmhouse thing. My house is not really conducive to the whole farmhouse thing, just Mm -hmm. the color scheme of it. But I did want to integrate the white picture. For some reason, I was all about a white picture this year. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't tell you how many places I shopped looking for a white picture. (laughs) Wow. I finally found one at Hobby Lobby. (laughs) Yes. That was like the last place I looked. That should have been the first place I looked. Right. Save yourself (laughs) time and effort, huh? Yeah, but I did have the white on my table for, you know, like my napkins and my, my plastic wear holder, flatware holder, but... We found the white picture finally, and I, I created my own little um, bouquet in it this year, or arrangement, or whatever you want to call it. And still have a couple of things that I want to do to to finish it up, but I think it turned out pretty cool for the most part. Awesome. That's yeah, good. But, I love decorating for fall. Yeah. It brightened up the house, kind of going with that lighter color palette, yeah. you know, so. Absolutely. Yep. That's one of my favorite things about Thanksgiving. I love that. But but even more so than that, I just like Thanksgiving because it's not as commercialized, like you said, about mm-hmm. everything else, you know, mm-hmm. or as it's not as commercialized as everything else. Mm-hmm. But it's also always been for us a time for family and friends. Yes. And so um that's kind of what we're focused in November on this year. We're inviting friends over through the month and just trying to connect with people that maybe don't have a lot of family close by like us. Mm-hmm. And this year kind of trying to be more outward focused than inward focused. Yeah. So um, that's kind of fun. We started off the month already with one group last Saturday and we have plenty more planned. <laughs> that's awesome. I'll yeah. tell you, that, that kind of leads me into um, one of the things I was going to talk about is this year I have felt so grateful because since you and Daniel have moved away, you know, you and I used to just do everything together. We'd go thrifting and go garage selling and like decorating. And we had family dinners and everything, you know, with mom and stuff once a week. And so I really have missed getting to do that and haven't really had anybody to do that with since you left. But, um, and I haven't really gotten anybody to do that with again at this point in time in my life. But this year when we did our little RKJC Royal Kids Junior Camp get together of um, some of us that have worked together at RKJC since the beginning of RKJC Uh in the spring, I have felt so thankful and so blessed that God has strengthened and um, deepened my relationships with especially two ladies um, one is Jess Cass and one is Natalie Reed. Of course, I love all of them very deeply. They're all like really like family, um, yeah. you know, but God has really grown a friendship with Jess and Natalie this year. That's and awesome. I feel so thankful. I just, every day my heart has been so thankful and so grateful. And it's like, they really have tapped in and they tag in and check on me every week. And I tag in and check on them every week. And some weeks we, we have 
cry sessions and some weeks we laugh and some weeks we pray for each other and we tell each other what needs we have need of to pray tonight we were like books to read <laughs> what books do we have? what books do you recommend so it's That's been awesome. awesome you know yeah. and so I feel like God knew for some reason this year and I'm not I'm not just saying because of COVID I'm just saying he knew right where I was going to be this year and so he yeah. sent me two dear dear friends to deepen a friendship with. And I just feel my heart is full tonight. That's so I awesome. might get a little teary eyed. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Because That's I feel okay. like, you know, with you, I know I can always be myself, but God has allowed me to have two friends that I can be myself with. And um, they're good. They tell me like it is just like you do. So I feel wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the kind of friends we need, right? <laughs> it is. And I'm grateful for that because to me, that's a true friend. Is oh, absolutely. Really aren't afraid to be real and tell you, you know, sometimes there's things we need to hear. And I'm thankful yeah. that God allows us to find people like that in our lives that can do it delicately enough, but straight enough where yeah. It makes us think. And then, you know, later we can say, you know what, you were right. And I appreciate you being honest enough to tell me that that's what I needed to hear. So that's my gratefulness on that particular point. (laughs) I love that. I think that, um, that's something to be very grateful about. And I get where you're coming from, you know, when, and especially, well, you know, you all moved to Pratt and then we moved here. And for me, I've, I really recognize this year that I struggled to let people in. Uh And um, we were talking kind of about that last week when we were talking about respect that, you know, you have to earn, (laughs) Uh, you have to earn the right to my secrets (laughs) (laughs) through through measures of respect and influence or whatever. But Mm -hmm. I don't want to be one of those people that tells everybody you have to earn my friendship all the time. You know what I mean? I feel like there has to be a balance in that. But even since moving to California, you know, I find myself, I don't know if it's from growing up as a preacher's kid or what, but sometimes I'm so guarded Uh and it's a, it's a challenge to let those walls down and um, moving to a new state where there, the worldview is a lot different here. I mean, the, for the people that are in the church, the biblical worldview is there, but I mean, just the culture is so different than the Midwest that, um, I haven't been quite guarded still. I noticed I'm going on five years here and I thought some of these people have never seen the wild side. of (laughs) And do I want them to see the wild side of Palinger? But, um, the, and some have, we become very close to some, a couple here in the church and we just, they are like, Natalie and Jessica we Mm -hmm. know we can totally be ourselves with them and I think there's a lot more people we can be too but it's just always you're trying to figure out who those people are right you know this is a humongous church and so it just takes time to connect with the right people like you're always friendly to everyone but Mm -hmm. you know you always have those certain people that you really mesh with and so we're still learning that process but we've this year has been good in the sense like you said and I am grateful for this because it's gotten Daniel out and I out of our comfort zones of who we hang out with yes Um, we don't just hang with the one couple anymore that is amazing we still hang with them too but you know when you get in this leadership place it needs to become a place where you are hosting people as well instead of people just hosting you like we need to pour into people instead of people feeling like they're pouring into us all the time and um we've had our share of that moving to a new place and and trying to feel connected but i said we've been here long enough now it's our turn to again start pouring into people Mm -hmm. and so uh through covid um we've had some people over you know to play games at our house and then this last friday or saturday was kind of the start of that of opening our home and inviting people in to our safe space, <laughs> Yes, you know, and saying, okay, we're going to feed you and we're going to feed your family. And we've done this with our close, close friends again, but broadening that circle, widening that circle, you know, yes. and, and allowing other people into that. Um, I don't like to call it an inner circle because I want to be friends with whoever God opens the opportunity for us to be friends with. Right. But, um, but broadening, widening that circle of people that, that uh, we just are able to connect with and, and enriching our lives by doing that. And so that's been a lot of fun. And this group that we had on Saturday night has started becoming 
a fun group for us to hang around because we're starting to do like coffee with them every now and then or play games or do get together for birthdays or something like that. So this is kind of a fun group too. And um, I'm just, I'm just thankful for the opportunity to, to connect with people. This year has made me grateful for that. Now that's where I might get. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because we've all been locked down so much. Yes. <laughs> yes. I so agree. And I so go ahead. I think with you saying that, that has really, um, I think it's made me reevaluate my friendships and my family and restructure my thinking on the times that I get to spend with them and cherishing them instead of not stressing so much about everybody doing this my way or doing that their way or blah, 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 but just being thankful for the snatches of time, because that's really what it feels like is it's just little snatches here and there that I get to spend maybe right. you know, a day here or two days there or an hour on the phone here or whatever. So in my heart and in my, in my feelings or my spirit, I feel so thankful that I actually get to enjoy what little times I get to enjoy, you know, right. um, with my friends and family. So to me, that is something that I feel overwhelmingly grateful for this year. Yeah. And I think that um, in that, Sarah, you know, we make jokes like we thought this was a year 2020 vision. Well, yeah. How about that? But, you know, and I think we might mention this in another podcast, but I kind of feel like it has been the year of 2020 vision for me mm-hmm. because I feel like I see more clearly now. Yeah. Some of the things that we were so blinded by that we thought mattered. Yes. Didn't really matter as much as we thought they did. I agree. And when, when, you know, freedom started to get tightened up on and we were, when you're told you can't worship, Mm -hmm. you want to worship even more. When you're told you can't fellowship, you want to fellowship even more. And when you're told you can't do this and you can't do that. Americans are not very good at being in bondage. Right. (laughs) And being on lockdown. (laughs) And I hope I'm never good at that. I don't, I, I'm sorry if people disagree with that and that you're, you have your right to your opinion and I have my right to my opinion, yeah. but I'm going to stop apologizing for loving my freedom. Right. <laughs> the Bible says he whom the son is set free is free indeed. Yes. And I want to be free and I am Absolutely. thankful that I'm a free American. I mean, if we're talking about being thankful, yes. I am so thankful that we have had the religious freedoms we've had and we never realized what other countries went through but this year we've had a taste of it i don't know about everybody in the u.s but i know california's had a taste of it yeah and um so i'm very thankful for the freedoms that we have had and this year i'm thankful for the relationships with people that even in times of lockdown or whatever have pulled us through and it's made my vision clear to where i'm one of those people that i don't want people over unless my house is spotless unless um there I have like a perfect meal to serve everybody and I can be the hostess supreme now close close friends I'll have them over in other circumstances of course my house I can't have anybody over when my house is just dirty I'm just not that person but um but you know with friends I'll do more of a of a picnic style you know Mm -hmm. serving or something or we'll do appetizers and goodies and but for whatever reason, you know, I always got that thing in my mind. I wanted this, these perfect circumstances to have people over in. But this year I've realized, I don't think people are looking in every corner to see if there's a dust bunny. Now that doesn't say I don't clean my house. Right. I still clean my house. But like on this Saturday, we were going to do this big elaborate dinner. And I told my husband, I said, you know what? We're not, we're going to do pulled pork in the crock pot. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make mom's baked beans because it takes literally 30 minutes to bake them. Right. And we're going to keep it simple because we're going to spend time with our friends this weekend. Yes. When they're over here, we're going to talk. We're going to laugh. We're going to play games. I don't want to be, you be on the grill for two hours all night long where you can't really fellowship with everybody. I don't want to be stuck in the kitchen, you know, um, because it's just Daniel and I hosting, you know, yes. 
And I said, I want it to be where we can do like buffet style. We can all sit down. We can talk. We can laugh. And we just literally had a blast. It, it was so laid back. Mm-hmm. There wasn't this high stress thing about it, you know, and it still turned out nice. And we sent bags of food home with people. We had made so much food, which was nice too, that we were able to send some home with people, you know, right. but, right. um, but it just, just seeing more clearly that there are things that will always be important that will never change, but relationship is important and, and taking time, you know, I hope I'm not just repeating myself, but taking time to invest in, in those relationships. And that's why he and I said for the month of November, we got so busy working in 2019 that we looked back and we said, we had our friends over like twice last year. And then we didn't have anybody else over the whole entire year. And it passed so fast because life was so hectic and so fast paced that um, we were like, we didn't even have people over to our house to fellowship. And that is unheard of for Daniel and I, when we lived in Kansas, we had the family over for dinner. We had GNSI over to play games. We had the ladies over for ladies retreat planning sessions, you know, and, and, all kinds of stuff, but life got too busy here. And this year, even though it's been busy, it life has slowed down. And that's just something that I've been thankful for in COVID. It's like I said, um, you can see more clearly in yeah. some areas like prioritizing, like what the priority should be. Mm-hmm. Not, uh, not, you know, it's not so important to me that I spend every night working till midnight. It's important to me now to plan a night off to spend time with people that we love or to um, spend time with my husband, which I don't want to qualify everything. I would get all caught up in the qualifying stuff. I don't have to explain every single thing, but um, I'm just thankful for that. You know, prioritizing uh, time that we have church at home because we've had to have church at home sometimes this year. And that's kind of actually been something that happens in girl. This is crazy, but because we had church at home for a while, it's kind of something that has been integrated into the way we live now to a certain extent because we go to church now, but I still love those, those worship sessions. Like Saturday night, I was sitting at the dining room table, reading my Bible. I just turned on worship music. And before I knew it, it was like a 30 minute praise and worship session in the dining room with my Bible, you know, just praising the Lord and feeling his presence come in here so strong right here in the house and just stopping everything that was going on and having that time right in that moment to spend with God. Yes. Speaking of, um, you were talking about prior to our prioritizing. And I just wrote some things down here. And what you were just talking about is kind of down on the bottom of the list, but it doesn't matter really because all these are important. But I I wrote some ways that we could show gratefulness and thankfulness. And you had talked about this and I had written it down this way, practice giving more than receiving. And one of the things I had written down with that was as a subtitle, move your focus away from what you think others should do for you all the time and start focusing on what you can do for others and learn to pay it forward. I love the pay it forward thing. Um, One of the coolest things to me is when I go through a drive-thru and somebody pays for me and then I get the privilege to pay for the car behind me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I know that sounds totally simplistic, and totally almost corny. But to me, it's such a cool feeling that, hey, somebody paid for my meal. So I'm going to pay it forward and pay for the person behind me's meal. Um, You know, and then one day earlier this year, when the COVID was really bad, um, and things started getting pretty rough for the policemen, we had a police car get in line behind us. We had gone to McDonald's just to get a Diet Coke. I love their Diet Coke. For whatever reason, they have the best mix of Diet Coke. (laughs) I was in the, you know, in the car with my family, my husband and Antonia and a police car pulled in behind us and they ordered food and whatever. And Antonia said, mom, let's pay for their meal. And I was like, okay, let's do it. That sounds fun. You know? So we paid for their meal and we're sitting there, you know, after the first window you pay, and then they pull you up to the next window to get your food and drinks or whatever. We're sitting in line waiting to get our drinks. And all of a sudden I hear this 
on my window and that about scared me to death. But I looked out my window and there was one of the policemen. I rolled my window down. He said, we just want to tell you all, thank you so much for paying for our meal. And I said, no, we want to say thank you to you all for all your work and, you know, being essential workers and putting your life on the line for us every day. And so it's just a small way that we can show our gratitude, but we want to tell you thank you and how much we appreciate you. So it's just a good feeling, you know, yeah. and I, I don't do it for accolades. I don't do it to make me be lifted up or whatever, but I just love the feeling of getting to do for others. I love getting to do for my husband. I love getting to do for my daughter. I love now I'm not going to lie and say, I love picking up his dirty clothes or his shoes all the time (laughs) because then I really would not be true and real. Right. (laughs) <laughs> you know, sometimes they got to grow up and learn how to pick up after themselves. But right. there are days, you know, if we're honest, you know, there mm-hmm. are days I don't mind doing that. Just mm-hmm. not every day. <laughs> <laughs> but girl, I'm thankful that I have a husband. Life. That's a reality of life. <laughs> it is. And I'm thankful that he's alive. So I have to yes. start, you know, that's what I've been trying to tell myself when he's driving me crazy and he's got his dirty clothes or his shoes spread out across the living room. He doesn't do his dirty clothes, but his shoes. He's one of those guys that he, he reminds me of dad. Remember how dad would come in? He'd take a pair of shoes off here and then he'd go put his house shoes on. Then he'd come yes. in the living room and sit on the couch and read the newspaper or listen to the radio. And he'd leave his house shoes right there in front of the couch. That's how my husband is. And so I've been trying to say to myself every time I trip over his shoes or whatever, I say, okay, Lord, help me to be thankful that at least he's alive. And I have a husband that is living and breathing that I can pick up his shoes for. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Because I could have a husband dead in the grave and not have that privilege. So, oh, that is so true, girl. That is something (laughs) to be thankful for. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of husbands, that is one thing I've really been thankful for this year as well. Daniel and I, you know, we used to always feel like on our days off we had to be working around the house or we had to be going somewhere and doing something nonstop all the time I look back now and I think why did we feel like we had to go all the time you know there was never this time to be quiet and peaceful and and just time to dig in well through the coronavirus period of time this year Daniel's been going back to school and he's been taking the LEAP program And so he's been studying. And then while he was been doing that, I've been working on just doing some personal studying. I've been doing some updating on my business studies. Um, And then also just trying to do some more scriptural studies this year, topical studies and such. And that's one thing that I've really enjoyed and been thankful for this year is because it's, it's a common thing and it's not planned and we don't do it every night of the week. But it's not uncommon anymore for Daniel and I to be sitting at the dining room table together and him on his laptop with his Bible out and me on my laptop with my Bible out or whatever. But just sitting here working together and studying Mm -hmm. together and growing together, you know, that's such a treasure to to have someone that you feel like you're growing with, you know, and you're studying with. And and um, so it's. I think in some ways through that we've, it's almost like a, a maturity yeah. has come, it, um, you know, and our focus has not been so much on always acts of pleasure where mm-hmm. before it was like, let's go for a road trip or let's go to the beach or let's go to the mountains or let's go to this. But this year, you know, there's been a few times where we've taken those fun road trips and those are always fun. But this year it's been a time of let's, let's grow together. You know, let's, let's dig in a little deeper this year. Let's use this time where we're, we're kind of locked in a little bit and, and do something productive with it. Yeah. And so um, that's been really cool. And that's something that I've really appreciated. And I think through that, that he and I's relationship, not that it was terribly weak before, but it's grown even stronger and we've grown, you know, in love for each other and respect for each other. And we've grown to where we have these really good conversations, 
and it makes talking fun because it's not always about politics or it's not all it's very rarely about other people which we didn't try to talk about other people anyways i hope we're more mature than that um you know you need to find things to fill your conversation with other than people and their woes and whatever absolutely let them live their lives but but our conversations have gone beyond just talking about sports events or uh, gone beyond just talking about current events, but they've gone into some very cool conversations on leadership and very neat conversations over like the subjects of his classes that he's been in. Pentecostalism, babe, did you know there was this history at Azusa Street? And have you realized how many women were used to God during the Azusa Street period? And so it starts these really neat conversations you know, as he digs into these studies and he brings them to my attention. And that's been a really fun thing this year that I've really appreciated and really enjoyed. And there's a mosquito on my phone. And so <laughs> if you hear a smack, <laughs> it was me smacking the mosquito <laughs> so he doesn't eat us. Right. With you saying that, that kind of leads me to another point that I had written down here about being thankful and grateful is learning and choosing to be content in any kind of circumstance, which has been a real biggie for me this year, mm -hmm. just because, well, and, and this is for another time, you and I had discussed this, since dad has passed away and the way he did pass, there has been a lot of changes. Oh, I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm going to say it that way. A lot yeah. of changes yeah. in our lives. And mm -hmm. it's been really hard to be content in any circumstances. I'm going to sure. be real and honest here. Sure. But God has really been, I guess I might just be growing up finally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting past the teenager stage or something. I don't know what it is, but I think God has really been working on me to learn to be content in whatsoever state I'm in. As I think it's Philippians four and 11 says, because, right. and I don't mean that just by the state of Kansas, you know what I mean? I don't have to clarify myself, but in whatever circumstance. And I think honestly, 2020 has been a good year to teach me that lesson. Yeah. Um, not just because of the COVID, but just because of like what we've been talking about, you know, quarantining, everybody having to stay home, not being able to have church, you know, um, there was a point where I couldn't get over to help mom, you know, that's, that's my responsibility is to make sure I get over there at least once a week to take right. care of her and do things that she needs me to do. And, uh, when Joe got sick and then I got sick, there was no way I couldn't get around her. And so I, I had to learn to be content and thankful that God had people over there to check on her and go. And um, I was so grateful for my husband's mother, my mother-in-law, because I don't know how mama would have got along without her. She was kind enough she didn't go in her house because of everybody being sick and she was scared. She had not been sick, but she didn't want to even give a chance of mom right. getting this stuff. And so she'd go to the grocery store and buy anything and everything mom needed. And then she'd just put it on. We have a little bench, you know, on her ramp and right. she'd put it and leave it on the bench and she'd separate it in little things where mama could carry in one or two things at a time on her walker. And That's I so precious. Yes. I was just so appreciative. And I was like, thank you, God, for sending my mother-in-law to my mom to take mm -hmm. care of her and be conscientious about making sure, you know, that she keeps her distance and whatever. And mm -hmm. even pastor Kerker, you know, called and checked on mama at least once a week and made sure everything was okay. Probably more than once a week, but I knew for right. sure he was calling and checking on her. So, and then me being content, even when I felt like, <laughs> to be quite honest, <laughs> there were days I just wanted to stomp around the house and slam things because, <laughs> you know, who likes staying in your house for months on end? <laughs> right. <laughs> now I know there are people out there in this world, Anna, that would live in their house 24 seven, but us elder girls are not that way. <laughs> <laughs> and
And if we are even remotely, our husbands are not. <laughs> right? <laughs> Although I think my husband probably could be more than me, but I'm just like, no, get me out of here before I start eating walls. And, you know, not because I was hungry, just because I was so bored out of my gourd. And I was like, I've done every project I know I can do. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So God really has worked on me this year in teaching me gratefulness and thankfulness and to learn to be content in whatever state I have to be in at this time. That um kind of leads into the scripture that I had opened up tonight, because when you said we were talking about the subject, it just popped in my heart. And I thought, what am I really, really grateful about this year? You know, what am I really thankful about? And there's a lot of things, but I opened up to First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, and it says, rejoice evermore. Have you ever tried rejoice evermore when your whole world's <laughs> in political chaos and Corona lockdown and everything is wild in your life? <laughs> you know? yeah. And I know some people are like, when Corona and the election's over, you guys won't have nothing to talk about. Oh, yeah, we will. There's so much more to talk oh, about. Yeah. But for right now, you know, it's just been a very real part of our world this year. Right. And I got to thinking about rejoice evermore. And I do remember. And then it says, pray without ceasing. And then it says, and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And I remember at the beginning of all these lockdowns and stuff that I felt so angry, you know, mm -hmm. like I said, I'm not good at being a communist or socialist. <laughs> I'm used to being a free American and right. I'm an opinionated elder. So to shut up is really hard for me sometimes, but I, <laughs> I've grown up a lot and I'm learning. I do poke sometimes on social yeah. media, but I try to refrain as much as possible because yeah. if people would have known me, uh, 10 years ago when I was in college, they would have unfollowed me because I was not politically correct at all. Then. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've, I've grown up a lot and, and worked really hard to temper things. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, this year, you know, I found myself being so disgruntled Yes. at the beginning of all of this that I felt kind of that I was losing my joy, mm -hmm. you know? And it wasn't just disgruntled. And we talked about this before, but there was fear involved and yeah. there was anger involved. And, and I don't want to go back through a lot of that, but there came a day where I just prayed. I began to pray without ceasing <laughs> because yeah. I was like, if I don't pray without ceasing, I'm going to be a grumpy person and I don't want to be a grumpy person, right. you know, and I began to pray and I just made up my mind that God, I don't. I, I'm not going to care what happens with all of this. My human nature does care, mm -hmm. but my spirit nature is going to trust in the Lord. Mm -hmm. And ultimately at the end of the day, God, you're on the throne. And so whatever happens with all of this, it is scary wondering what yeah. tomorrow is going to bring in. It, it is going to affect our lives and who knows what everything's going to, what all could happen in the next few months alone, you know? And, but I said, Lord, we are your children. And so I had to get this mindset where this world wasn't my home. Mm -hmm. And I really prayed about that one week. I said, why are we afraid of death? Because when we die and we open our eyes, we're with the Lord. Isn't that what we got the Holy Ghost in our living for? Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, why are we so afraid of death? And then I, I had to really change. I started praying that God would change my thinking about this world as my home. And help me to understand that this is a temporary home and that heaven is my eternal home. And so when you when you think about heaven being your home, there's joy in that. Right. If we focus on everything in this world, we're, we're going to be disgruntled and okay. our hearts are going to be overwhelmed and we're going to feel hopeless because the God of this world is about hopelessness. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> if you hear, yeah. you know, some of the things going on in the news, you're going to have to wear masks forever. You're going to mm -hmm. have to do this forever. That's just just spewing and spilling and pouring hopelessness into people's yeah. lives, you know? And I thought the Holy ghost is not that. So the way to get around that and to rejoice evermore is to live in the Holy ghost. So yeah. you just have to turn some of the voices off sometimes. And so um, I think in everything, give thanks when we give thanks for every circumstance we're in, whether we like it or not, mm -hmm. that then we can rejoice evermore because we can find something good in every circumstance. Okay. So if the world goes to Hades in a handbasket, 
there's more opportunity for me to witness to my neighbors because absolutely maybe their hearts are going to be more open to God, you know? Yes. So I think if we look for the opportunities in every circumstance to find something to be grateful for, then there comes an opportunity to rejoice because, yes. you know, if I get the opportunity to witness to my neighbors and then they get baptized in Jesus name, and then that brings joy because how much greater joy, the Bible says the angels rejoice over one sinner. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, true. that repents. And so sometimes we get our joy so wrapped up in temporal things uh -huh. that I have to get my mind back in eternal things so that I can really figure out where the joy comes from. And okay. so. Um, Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just kind of wrapping that up. Yeah. And, and I, because what you were saying there was, it was crazy because I wrote almost the exact same thing of what you just said down as one of the things of a way to keep thankfulness and gratitude in our lives is to look beyond our present circumstances mm -hmm. and know and trust that God is always present. When we're full of the Holy ghost, he is always present in every yeah. circumstance. And through that, we can develop a lifestyle of gratitude. And it re really brought to my mind that song that I love by Kelly Willard. She's one of my favorite artists. I know she's sang forever and whatever, but that song, and it's straight out of Psalms, um, I think chapter 139. Um, and it goes something like this. Where could I go from your spirit? Yes. How can I hide from you? I love that song. Yes, I love and that, that song. Scripture came to my mind, you know, when I thought of if we would just, know and trust that God is always with us no matter what is going on in this crazy world yeah. if we will know and trust in the God of heaven that has created us and just develop a lifestyle of of gratitude and every day I think this is the biggest thing in being thankful is every single day of our lives Anna we have to look for ways and things to be grateful for because we do. as humans, we can always look at the negative. We can yeah. always talk about the bad. We can yes. always find something negative to look at. It's in the news. It's in our papers. It's on our phones. It's on the radio. It's everything podcasts, it, everything you look at and see and hear. Um, yeah. Even just walking into the grocery store, you know, there's so many people talking about, it's just a constant. And I think that we have to, every day, we have to know that God is with us and trust mm -hmm. that he is in control and thank him that he is going to carry us through and he is going to bring us through. And one day in Jesus name, very soon, we're going to walk on streets of gold and throw our crowns down at his feet and worship him. Yeah. I, I just, I feel in my spirit, if we can keep our spirits thankful in our hearts and our attitudes full of gratitude and thankfulness that, we have that hope and that assurance. Oh, absolutely. Yes. It's in his word. We have that blessed hope. Yes. And, um, you know, it's, and when we do feel overwhelmed, one thing I found myself doing, I already talked about, you know, turning that focus from inward focus to outward focus. And that's what we're working on this month. And I think that's a way to bring gratitude and, and some joy back in your life is through these seasons that makes us want to focus so much on ourselves and what we're disgruntled with and what, what, we're lacking or, yeah. you know, I don't have enough money. My house isn't very big or, um, man, we're all locked up and these elections are driving me crazy and blah, blah, blah. You know, all the things that we could be looking at on that are affecting us. I think it's important for us to put the focus on lifting up others and creating mm -hmm. those opportunities for joy. We, um, our pastor here, pastor young encouraged us to get together and to lift one another up. There's strength in numbers, you know, mm -hmm. and I know that if you listen to the law, you're not supposed to do that, mm -hmm. but um, to get together with your brothers and sisters in Christ and to encourage one another and have some fun together and laugh together and, and remember that, that you're special to each other and create those moments for, and those opportunities for, for joy. And then another thing is too, is when, and I was 
thinking about this the other day, but when you think you have it so hard now, take a minute and sit down and reflect on where God's brought you from and how many times he's been a provider and he's, he's, uh, you know, given us what we need just when we need it. Maybe not necessarily what we want, right? but he always supplies what we need and he's always just right on time. He's so timely about it. And, you know, just reflecting on what he's put in our life. I've done that a lot this year, you know, because with all the chaos going on in the world, it's been a reflective year for me. I wanted to really see what do I believe again, you know, kind of reflecting on what is my worldview? What are my values? And, and what do I really believe about God and his word? And Mm -hmm. I, I know what I believe. I have a, a sense of understanding, but with time, you can be inundated with so much information, you know, that you can get off course on some things or you can start to question some things. But one day I was digging in my bookshelf about two weeks ago or three weeks ago, and I was just kind of taking my spiritual temperature, you know, saying, okay, Anna, where are you standing out on this policy? Cause like I said, last week, I can have some radical views sometimes. And, um, So I was kind of taking my spiritual temperature and I ran across this Bible that is falling apart in my bookshelf. And immediately I had a flashback to my years in college. And it was like God took me down memory lane of the five years that I struggled so intensely with my faith. And I haven't shared that testimony for a long, long time. And I'm, I'm, maybe I'll commit a podcast to sharing that. But for five years, I was so on the fence because my faith was being so severely tested with humanistic doctrines and, 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 um, a postmodern worldview. And I was being introduced to a postmodern worldview. And there were a lot of things about it that made sense and appealed to my flesh. And I remember during that five-year period of time of working a full-time job and going to college full-time. And even for some of those years, commuting to Wichita for about four of those years Mm -hmm. to school that I would get in my Bible at like two in the morning and I'd sit in a class and I'd hear them spout these things to me that seemed so knowledgeable Uh and so full of wisdom and so full of understanding. But my Holy Ghost would check me and say, have you, have you put that in the spotlight of God's word? Have Uh you checked that and verified under that, under the magnifying glass of God's word? And I would get that Bible and I would sit in my little house, my little apartment at like two and three in the morning and I would comb the scriptures and I would pray. And then I would go to the church on my lunch hour. And I, that's where I got a relationship with God, Sarah, Mm -hmm. really. I've always had a, you know, kind of somewhat of a prayer life and I've always kind of tried to read my Bible, but around 25 to 27, between my 25 to 30 year, when I started going back to work, 38 years of age, I started going back to school. God really began to solidify a relationship with him in my life. And it was through that five years that I began to pray until I got in the spirit and I began to take those things I was learning in that humanistic education environment. And I began to put them through the filter of prayer and God's word. And God began to show me, well, this is what my word says. And this is what they say. Which one are you going to stand on, Anna? Mm-hmm. And, and when I was looking at that this year and I saw that Bible, it just grabbed my heart. And I said, mm-hmm. God, this little Bible is where I found you for Anna. Yes. You know, it wasn't what my daddy preached anymore. It wasn't what my mom had taught me anymore. It wasn't what my siblings told me and my Sunday school teacher said, but this is where Anna and God got alone together. Yes. And Anna fell in love with Jesus And through these times like this, when we feel like maybe we don't know exactly where we stand, I think it's an opportunity to sit and reflect how God brought us through that before. And the world around us is chaotic, but he hasn't changed. No, he hasn't. And I'm so grateful for that, you know, and taking those moments that we have the opportunity that there is a constant that will never, ever change. And that is God and his word. It doesn't matter what's going on around us, but God and his word are going to be that, that never changing constant, that never changing foundation, that anchor that holds. And so when we are in these times that we don't know what to be thankful for, maybe it's just time to take a, take a walk down memory lane and look at where God brought us from. And I I remember those times. 
I think with that too, Anna, um, I had written this down is start a thankfulness and a gratefulness journal with like that. When you stroll down that, get you a, some kind of a journal or a book and begin to write in there every time God does something out of the unexpected, something, maybe you're praying for it and, and God answers a prayer, write that down too. But I mean, I think that there should be things in our gratefulness journal and our thankfulness journal. I started one last year and I've got it on my piano and God has done two things unexpectedly for us just in the last month. And I said, you know what? I need to get my gratitude journal and I need to put those things in there because I want something that I can go back when I'm in a dark place or in a yeah. discouraging place. And I can look through there and I can say, you know what? God did this for me. God did this for us. I wasn't yeah. even praying for this. And God did this for us. You know, yeah, I think it just increases our faith and it also teaches us to be even more grateful and thankful to him for what he does in our lives. And then I had one last thing, too, that I had written down that I think is super, super important, not only for us as adults, but to teach our children and our teenagers and our young people and young adults. We need to learn and choose to say thank you constantly. In this world we live in, so many people have forgotten the art of saying thank you. Everything's, yep, uh uh-huh, sure, no biggie. And I think that we just need a good old-fashioned rebaptism of thank you. Yeah, I (laughs) think that's good to say it that way. You know, why not say thank you? I appreciate you doing that for me. Um, Or even when we say no, instead of just saying no or nope, We need to say, no, thank you. Thank you for offering or thank you for the opportunity, but I'm not interested. Or, you know, let's learn to say thank you. Those are two very important English words in the English language that we really need to revive and bring back to our conversation. Yeah, I think that's good, Sarah. And and on that, I want to go back to our prior conversation where you were talking about a create a gratitude journal for a quick second. I wanted to insert this, but I didn't want to interrupt you. But um, while we're there, I want to give a shout out to Grammy Westberg and Granny B. And I want to share with all of our listeners. She is writing a book of miracles right now. Yes. And I don't know if you know who that is, but that's Barbara Westberg. And yes. she's an author and she's written for Pentecostal Publishing House. We call her Granny B and um, in our family. But Uh, She's an author for Pentecostal Publishing House and has written a number of works over the years from children's books to event books to all kinds of books. And she's been an editor on other books that people have written, but she is currently compiling a miracles book. So um, if you have a miracle, I think she's trying to wrap that up, but she's always looking for miracles. But if you have a, she wants the little, um, out of the way miracles that you know are not the big publicized humongous yes. miracles although those are important too but her book is about those little everyday miracles that are unexpected right and uh and uh she's writing about that and i love reading stuff like that when we're talking about a gratitude journal i know i took us back for a minute but i love reading about stuff like that because it reminds us in hard times that god knows right where we are and he sees the little things yes and he provides um the the littlest things I want to share one of my favorite stories on that of things to be grateful for and and maybe our listeners can share some of their little tiny miracles not tiny miracles but little miracles one time when Daniel and I first first got married uh, life was very um it was difficult sometimes we were Daniel lost his job the week after he asked me to marry him and uh, he was working a side job that he started working uh full-time but then about a year and a half or two years in that job slowed down as well because they were not getting as many contracts and so Daniel was picking up side work anywhere he could he was breaking down batteries for a salvage yard he was breaking down tires for a sal- or stacking batteries and breaking down tires I don't know I get it all confused for a salvage yard just helping a lawn care business just trying to bring in money wherever he could bring in money right. and uh, one evening it was summertime and one evening we were sitting there on a Thursday night and I said, man, Daniel, watermelon sounds really good. 
And he said, you know, babe, watermelon sound does sound really good. Well, we were broke and we were trying really hard not to ask mom for any money, which we've tried to do. And we were trying to be big kids. We're like, well, we ain't got no money for a watermelon. So even though it sounds good, it's going to have to wait until payday comes. Yeah. And so we didn't really pray a big prayer about it, but we're like, man, God, you know, watermelon just sounds really good. We went on our way. And the next morning, Daniel was out and about. I'm not sure where he was, but I was cleaning house and there was a knock on the front door and I opened the front door and there was sister Sharon Maury standing at our front door with a humongous watermelon in her arms. That's so awesome. And I said, hi, sister Sharon, what are you doing today? And how are you? And she said, I'm doing good. Sister Anna, how are you? I said, I'm doing great. What are you doing here? What, what, can I help you with anything? What you need? And she said, well, you know, the funniest thing happened today, sister Anna. She said, um, I went to Dylan's grocery store. And she said, I walked in and they had watermelons, buy one, get one free. (laughs) And she said, I told the Lord, man, God, watermelon sounds so good, but I can't eat two watermelons. And she said, as sure as my name is Sharon Maury, God spoke to my heart and said, take one to Daniel and Anna. (laughs) That is so cool. So she said, here I am with a watermelon. (laughs) (laughs) That is so awesome. Isn't that a cool thing? And and I just love to reflect on that story in hard times because in the little things, we were sure to say thank you to tie into your other thing that you were saying here at the end. But in the hard times, we forget about those little times that God saw the little things that we didn't necessarily need. We might have just wanted and he still provided. Yeah. And so those gratitude journals, those are important because those are, that's somewhere where you can go and remind yourself. And Sarah, I am so with you on um, the saying, thank you. I feel like that's a lost start in the world that we live in today. Mm-hmm. And that's one way, if you feel like you're getting caught in entitlement mentality, start mm-hmm. saying, please. And thank you. I agree. Please. May I, please may I have a, have, have, a piece of that or mm-hmm. uh thank you for giving me that yeah. we're not owed anything you right. know we are not owed anything that's just the reality of life i know that that education teaches us otherwise and society mm-hmm. teaches us otherwise and um but the people work hard for their money i'm not owed anybody else's money no. they don't there's not an obligation for them to give me their hard-earned money right. uh, there's not an obligation I'm, I'm thankful for, you know, the Bible says take care of the widows and the orphans. And I'm thankful for people that do reach out. And I'm thankful for the opportunities that we can help others as well. And I want to be a part of that. But uh, we're not owed anything necessarily. And so I think that when somebody goes out of their way to help us or goes out of their way to give us something or goes out of their way to lend a hand, mm-hmm. that we have a responsibility to say thank you. Yes. You know, I agree. and that makes people want to help you. Yes. That makes people want to do more. When, when we treat people rudely, when they've given us something or they've helped us and lended a hand and we don't say thank you or we don't we're not kind to them and we're not gracious to them for their help or their service. Mm -hmm. They don't want to help, you know, and that even comes with a volunteer army at the church. I I try to do that with my employees, even at at that, you know, I lead, I try to tell them all the time because there's a lot of jobs out there. People could be working. They don't have to choose to work where we work and choose to work for us. And there's a lot of things that people could be doing, but they choose to volunteer their time for the church. That's part of their sacrifice. That's part of their gift. And I just feel like we need to let them know how much they're appreciated. It doesn't have to be wallowing in the dirt and brown nosing or whatever all the words are for it today. But it has to be sincere. And I sincerely want the people that work under my leadership to know how much I appreciate them yes. and how thankful I am for their, their service and how thankful I am. Even if they're getting a paycheck, mm-hmm. I'm thankful they're doing a good job. I'm thankful they're yeah. showing up to work. I'm yes. thankful that they're doing their work with excellence. You know, yeah. I'm thankful that they're available And uh, so I just think that for employers or for leaders or for parents or for spouses, 
it's important to tell each other how much we appreciate each other and we're thankful for each other. I agree. And I think too, that not only just with those that we know, but anybody that we do business with, you know, once in a while, pop a thank you card in the mailbox just for your mail carrier. Um, I like that, you know, pop a card in the mailbox and send it to the police station and say, thank you so much for taking good care of our city and our town and doing a hard job and laying your life on the line and pop a thank you card in the mailbox and send it to the fire department. And right. You know, it doesn't hurt to say thank you. Um, and, and, you know, while you're doing it, stick a church card in there and invite them to church. <laughs> yeah. You and know? Sarah, you know, while we're on that subject, one thing too is, um, and this is a conversation for another day, but it kind of fits here, but, but we don't have to be so competitive and so diehard in the sense that when you're driving through a parking lot and somebody's trying to walk across the lane that we about run over them, <laughs> right? Absolutely. you know, I think yeah. part of this being saying thank you or whatever is being gracious, you know, and taking a minute to stop and, and make time for somebody to walk through well, or that, let a car back out in front of us, you know, without us mm-hmm. having a total road rage meltdown. I think or, that goes back to what I said earlier about moving your focus away from what you think everybody right. should be doing for you and put your focus on what can I do for others? Exactly right. You know, get create a society. You know, we talk about making the world a better place, but it starts with us. How can I make my community better? Um, one of my students in one of my classes at one of the colleges that I work at, and if I told you which one, I'd have to kill you, but um, <laughs> they wrote in their class that they are the youngest, uh, they are the youngest community representative in their city. Wow. And, and I thought that's very cool. And they, they made the statement, this was in their introduction of themselves to the class. They made the statement that they were thinking about the changes they wanted in their community. And they were, the thought came to them as if I want change in my community, why don't I get out there and make it happen instead mm-hmm. of always expecting somebody else to do it? Absolutely. And, you know, I think that we can make a lot of changes in the world around us just by bringing courtesy, good old courtesy back. I agree. Good old fashioned courtesy and kindness back and slow down a little bit and say thank you and be respectful Mm -hmm. to people and let somebody go in front of us without making us a snarky comment or, you know. And, uh, and uh, maybe that's more in mid-America. Maybe it's, maybe I see it more because it's so fast paced out here and maybe it's not like that, you know, in the well, Midwest as much. It is here but, too, though. I think it's just, just humankind in the world yeah. that we live in. Yeah. So um, well, that but wraps up our hour, girl. We, we knocked yeah. that hour out pretty quick, but I yeah. did have one thing I wanted to say here at the end, if I can. Um, I had a picture, I have a picture hanging in my living room and I have it where I have to look at it every day and it says, start each day with a grateful heart. And so I'm thankful I have that, but I wanted to say thank you to all of our listeners and that we appreciate them. And I know we talk for an hour, sometimes an hour and 10 minutes. Uh, I know that a lot of podcasts are only 30 minutes or 45 minutes, but we're trying to not just be shallow, but kind of dig into some things that aren't really dug into so much anymore. And I have a little poem here, if I can read it real quick by Richard A. Carloy that I like, and I thought would be a good closing thing tonight. And then I'll let you finish up. But it says, let gratitude be your attitude. Every day of your life is a gift from God. Don't squander it. Don't waste it by being angry with anyone. Don't let it slip away by feeling sorry for yourself. Be grateful for this precious gift of life and spend it by being as happy and as thankful as you possibly can. Let your mind dwell on the good things which have happened to you. Let gratitude be your attitude. Think of your assets and don't let anyone else spoil your day for you. Enjoy every day of your life to the fullest. Realize that you can add to the joy of each day by making someone else happy. Let gratitude be your attitude. That's pretty awesome. I like that. I do too. I love that. Yes, that's so good. Something to remember. And yes, thank you to all of our listeners. And please give us reviews. Those help us to learn and to grow. And it helps us 
get up on the podcast list. I'm still learning how all of that works with all the analytics and everything, but we would love to have your reviews and and your feedback because we want to improve and we want to get better. And if there's a subject you would like to hear us talk about, send us a DM, let us know. Absolutely. Um, And, and we'll tackle it in our (laughs) bare bones uh unfiltered elder way (laughs) and uh but we love hearing from you all and your input means a lot to us and and also that you take time out of your busy week to even listen to us please review and share with friends and give us feedback on what you like and what we can make better we appreciate you being our listening audience yes well thanks sis for having a a little talk with me about thankfulness and i hope I know we'll talk again before Thanksgiving, but since we're talking about Thanksgiving tonight, I would like to wish everybody a wonderful Thanksgiving and spend some quality time with family and friends as much as you can. Yes. Have a happy November and make it about family and friends. Here's my challenge. We have to, we can't leave without a weekly challenge. Absolutely. Here's my challenge. Once a week, try to connect with somebody. Open your home. It doesn't have to be a lot of money. It could be an Uno game and ice cream. Um, you know, but just open your home to people. And here's my second part of that challenge. Open your home to people out of your comfort zone. Yes. Maybe not every time, but maybe a new family in your church or a new couple in your church or make it a mixed crowd. Invite friends that you're comfortable with and then invite a new convert. Um, Look for people that don't have family this month. Holidays are hard for people that don't have family that live local or that maybe are single or maybe don't have children. Holidays are tough times to be alone. So kind of keep your eye out for those people that look like they're maybe, maybe lone wolfing it. Yes. And, and, <laughs> and include them. And if I can add to that, Anna, this yeah. is really out of a lot of people's comfort zones. Find an elderly person that may not have I love children that. or um, spouse and yeah, invite I love them that. to your home. You can learn so much and they love visiting. So yeah, and find an elderly person. I love that, Sarah. And if they don't feel comfortable leaving their house in COVID, because some of our elderly right. are very nervous about it and rightly so. Yeah. And, but if they don't feel comfortable leaving their house to come over, call them and yes. talk to them on the phone and say, Hey, can I get you something from the grocery store this week? Or yeah. would you like something to eat? I'll drop some food. If is there, what's your favorite restaurant? You know, mm-hmm. I'll drop some food by your house this week, but just something to keep them connected, I especially agree. if they've been quarantining for a long time because they get really lonely. Yes, they do. You know, and, and some of them are very, very fearful of COVID. And as an elderly person, we know that's the population that has been most affected you know, by that. And so we definitely want to take care of those we love in our elderly community. But uh, still, there's phone calls you can make, a FaceTime, you can make something to keep them included through these holidays so they're not all by themselves. Yes, absolutely. Well, have a good evening. Thanks for spending some time with us. Love you.